Hello and welcome. This is Vanessa Graulich, and today we're going to do the math behind the income approach. So why do we use the income approach? The income approach basically is an uh, um, appraisers can use this method to calculate the value of a building or to evaluate an asset based on the following math that we're about to do right here. Um, what I'm going to do today, I'm going to give you an example of how an appraiser, right, will basically evaluate. And again, this is a very simple example. I'm not, I don't have the softwares and I'm not an appraiser, but this is a way how investors, if they want to evaluate, you know, in, in a simple manner to put it away or kind of like approximate what will be the value of the building and they can figure out if they're making a, the right decision or not, either to invest in real estate or, you know, if they see that the numbers do not work, maybe they choose another investment. I don't know, stock market, bonds, Bitcoin, don't do Bitcoin. No, I'm kidding. I don't know anything about Bitcoin, but um, I just don't feel comfortable with Bitcoin yet because whatever. We'll do another podcast about that. So now what's going to happen? Let's go ahead and share the screen. So I'm going to go ahead and click here, share the screen. And now, right here, I made this um, Excel sheet just to illustrate basically if you have like a 10 building unit, right? And you're an investor. And you're like, okay, I want to figure it out how much money, you know, this building actually, you know, costs and how much rate of return I'm going to have if I purchase this building. Well, let's first start with the potential gross income. The potential gross income is basically going to be in all the rents, right? The possible rents or the potential, basically what it is, or the potential income that you can get is called gross because we're not deducting anything else. So if I do 1,000, let's say that you have a 10 building unit and each unit is $1,000 rent. So that's what I do, 1,000 times 10 times 12. This is going to be my potential, my potential gross income, the rent times 10 units times uh, 12 months. Now, other income can maybe be, let's say that you have a 10 building, you know, like a 10 unit building and you have your little laundry mat and every month, uh, you know, you get like $300 from basically like people going and doing, you know, their laundry there. And if you get these $300, let's say that you get them weekly. That's what I do. 300 weekly times four weeks times 12. Again, this is just an estimate. Just to a simple example. I have to show you basically the income approach. Now, what is the bankruptcy and other losses, right? Well, um, vacancy and other losses, what is going to be is just sometimes you're going to have a building that is not going to be occupied 100% of the time. So the vacancy rate is just going to be how many units historically you have vacant divided by, I'm going to say historically, like, you know, it could be in the last year. Uh, let's say that, you know, you show in your, in your documents and you're like, look, most of the time out of the 10 units, three are vacant. So that's how you get your vacancy rate. You do three, which is vacant units divided by units, three divided by 10. If you had eight units vacant, then your rate will be eight over 10. The higher the vacant rate, obviously the worse for the investor, because that means that your potential gross income is not going to be 120,000. This is the reason why I put this in red, because vacancy rate is important to consider because you always have to make sure that you consider the, um, you know, basically three scenarios, the good, the average, and the worst, to put it that way. Now, 
I also added $10,000 on legal damages because you might have to foreclosure this person. You might have to have a retainer, you know, with a lawyer, a real estate lawyer. And you want to make sure that, you know, you consider legal costs because when you deal with tenants, that's basically going to be uh, an expense that you might have. You know, someone doesn't want to leave or I don't know. Any, you know, liability problem that you can find out can happen there. Now, this is going to give me the effective gross income. All what I do is potential gross income plus the other income minus the vacancy and other losses. Remember, we put $10,000 for legal. Basically, your effective gross income is going to be $88,400 for this example. From there, you need to ask, but wait, uh, I'm going to have expenses, right? So look at this. Your fixed expenses are going to include your real estate taxes and your insurance. This is why when you're going to look for properties, you need to go ahead and have a really good insurance company, right? Be like, listen, um, is this in a flood area? What is the insurance that I have? How much do I have to put? And again, I just put a simple example. I'm pretty sure insurance is gonna be higher on this, on this property. But I just said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna put uh, $3,000 just you know, for uh, insurance, and I'm gonna put $3,500 for taxes. Now, because the building is so big, let's actually uh, make this, uh, this insurance a little bit higher. So I don't know, I'm gonna make the insurance $12,000, which it could happen, uh, especially in Florida. And let's just put $6,000 in taxes. Let's just make it a little bit more realistic. Beautiful. Now, the variable expenses are going to be what? Utilities, garbage removal, maintenance, and management. Now, I put $500 a month. Remember, the utilities are not gonna be the utilities of the whole building. Your, your utilities are gonna be for like the common areas, right? Like the water to do the grass, the water that you're gonna be using, uh, you know, to do that little uh, machine area with the washer and the dryer. Basically, maintenance. Uh, you might have to pay like a property management company. So let's actually increase this to $1,000. And the reason why I'm showing you how, how I can increase this is how you see how the value using the income approach right here is going down because you're basically uh, estimating the expenses you're going to have. Then you're going to have reserves and replacement. Now, uh, if you have a huge building, you're going to have air conditioning, heating systems, carpeting, appliances. I think that um, just for this estimation, I'm going to actually just put and reserve of $15,000. Why? Because an air condition, I think air conditioning, especially if you're like, you know, close to the water, is gonna be expensive. And I think $15,000, honestly, is not even that enough when you're talking to a 10 uh, unit building. But this is just, again, an illustrative uh, example. That's it. So from there, you do 88, right? Minus 18, minus 12, minus 15. So your net operating income is actually $43,400. From there, you're gonna have what is called the cap rate. The cap, the, the cap rate is basically determined by the appraiser. And what he does is that he grabs a bunch of properties that they were sold you know, um, in the last, I, I, I guess, I'm not sure what is the period that they use, but let's say in the last year, six months, the closer, the, you know, the, he's basically, going, or he or she, the appraiser is basically going to try to figure out what is the cap rate by just evaluating the last closings. And then he says, okay, the cap rate is 
10%. By the way, this cap rate is, it can be objective, but as you can see, it's also subjective. What does that mean? The cap rate can change the cap rate. So you should always choose a range of a cap rate, maybe between eight to 12% and do your calculations with different type of rates because that will basically give the investor different scenarios from an 8% to an 10%, the value is gonna change completely. Finally, so look, if I put, um, let's say that I put 8%, look how this value is gonna go up. Now, if I put 12%, look how the value is gonna go down. Now, um, again, it, this is the reason why I'm just gonna put an estimate, an estimate of 10%, and then all what I do, the income approach, or what I do, I just basically do net, or net operating income divided by the cap rate, bingo. That's how you get your value using the income approach. Is this approach uh, something that you should know? Yes, you should understand what is the gross income, uh, what expenses you're gonna have, especially what are gonna be your taxes, what are gonna be, what, what's gonna be your insurance. This is when, your sales associate, your, sell, your real estate consultant needs to make sure that they start making phone calls and start looking for records because this is basically going to help on the negotiation part. Because if the building, for any reason, let's say that you did this, uh, you know, this um, evaluation and the guy is asking for a million dollars or the girl's asking for a million dollars, right? And, you know, the building looks incredible, but you do your math and you're like, Wow, not including the mortgage. Remember, you're not even including a mortgage here. You're just assuming that you're just, you know, putting uh, all the money there to put it away. Then you, you, you cannot think about it and you're like, wow, maybe this investment is not for me. Maybe I should look for something else. Or you can use it as a negotiation tool and you say, look, based on the, you know, on the information that you have provided me, you have a really high vacant rate. Um, also your fixed expenses are extremely high. So, you know, fixed expenses are not expenses that you can actually, they're sticky, they're sticky, right? Like, like they say, because you cannot get rid of them in the long term. It's not like a variable expense that you're like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna do this myself and I'm gonna get rid of the maintenance guy. And then that way, you know, I can cut some payroll expenses to put it away. So I hope with this example, you cannot understand the math that goes beyond evaluation when you are when you do when you want to do like a valuation or like trying to figure out is this a good you know can I should I do this should I not do this um, and it will kind of give the investor like a you know like an idea of what to expect if this is their first time buying maybe not a ten building unit they want maybe they won the lottery and they want a ten building unit but it could also be used. Uh, you know, for like what, when you have like a four unit or you have like a duplex, basic math, plus and minus. However, I think that the success of an investor is going to be in how well his, his or her estimations are, again, on the good and the bad scenarios. Like for example, right now with COVID, that's a perfect example. You're going to have maybe your potential, your potential gross income, you know, decrease tremendously because your tenants, you know, have lost their job and all that. So um, as you can see here, all this can change. Maybe you bought this property in 2020 in January, you know, and it looked incredible. And then COVID happened and then obviously things happen. We know what the S word happens all the time, but it is always important to be prepared and evaluate your choices. So I hope with this video, 
you see the importance of basically um, doing analysis and doing estimations. So when you do an investment, you feel a little bit less nervous, right? That little stomach. <laughs> it's not that bad. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this video. This is Vanessa Graulich, and I'll see you next time.